They're guys. They do magic. magic. They are the magic guys. <laughs> well, Best you guys should have changed shirts. This isn't working. The invisible fan. I love it, Doug. All right. I'm not up for it anyway. <laughs> I didn't really feel like I wanted to exude uh, cardsmanship. So, That's good. Is, yeah, we have better that, things to talk about. I almost want to scrap everything and just right get right to the guest. I have things that, I want to know. For those who are listening, Doug just did a, a card fan, beautiful card fan, but the cards were invisible because he's got a sexy uh, white on white dress theme today. I'm representing the All Things Magic Tribe. You'll find them on Facebook. Very nice. Very why nice. am I doing this? It's yeah, why are you doing this? Paid endorsement. Oh, okay. Nice. Well, this group, I've been, they've been around a while. They offer, if you're a magician, you want to go on Facebook, look them up. This is just me talking about good things happening. What they have more than anything other is a, a online session. So you can join their zoom group with 10 or 20 other guys. And there's a lot of good guys that show up there. I show up there sometimes mm. you can have the session experience, but in a, in a zoom group, that's magic centric. So Damn. For no good reason, there's unsolicited testimonial for all things magic. Well, I'm all for all things magic, Doug. In, in speaking of uh, sessions, we won't, you know, I won't spend ages on it, but I managed to sneak myself a dinner with uh, none other than Teller. I saw night. that picture. Dude. Talk about epic events. Oh, he's here touring and, he, and he's actively seeking out people to like have dinner with and stuff after his shows. It, like he actively seems, wants to, you know. You know I've seen a couple pictures with him, and I figured that out. I said, "Teller yeah. is sharing the wealth." It's beautiful, and and even just the you know the short time that I was there with him, myself, and and uh, four other people, it was just like already it's got me thinking about my acts, you know, the the theory he shared. But um, what a great <sighs> experience! I can only exactly. imagine just being in that vicinity. The aura he projects is magical, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. I got to try and now just actually see their show while they're here in Oz. But nonetheless, we have someone else who uh, loves doing shows, loves doing podcasts, has their own podcast as well. You've seen him everywhere. You've seen him on YouTube, on TV, doing comedy skits, you know, stunts. He does everything. Um, and finally, we send him the nudes that he requires and the uh, the, 50, the, the, the money. But um, so my friends- So excited about this one. Same. You already know who he is, but we're going to bring him on now. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Wes Barker. We're all here, Wes. All of them. Yeah, yeah. There they we, are. We, after seeing your your live podcast with a live audience, we're like, we need to get that kind of vibe here too, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. No, you got uh, twice as many people in that soundtrack, so you're good. Feels great. <laughs> appreciate uh, it. Here, thank you for uh, making sure Jason wasn't here. I really appreciate that. I know that's part of the rider. <laughs> Bonus event. <clears throat> Took a bit hey, of scheduling. That? What a great concept! A podcast with a live audience, magic centric. I mm. was unaware of this, like a noob. I don't know how I missed this great content. So we do this uh, bottom of the barrel podcast. We call it Bob because the T is silent. And uh, and yeah, we just did a, just got back from a Canadian tour. We did like six cities. So it's not something we always do live, but we're just experimenting with yeah. it. And uh, mm. oh man, 
it's super fun live. It is yeah, right. Your pod fans get to get that experience and you do yeah. some magic there. You know, I love it. The best part about it, I'd say, is about half the people there have no clue. They came with a friend that said this would be great. Right? Yeah. So walk in and they're like, what the So heck? there's muggles. And then yeah, and then you're like your whole your whole show, you're like, all right, I'm gonna win over these fools. And uh and and it really it works. And then afterwards you do meet greet, you get people being like, Hey man, I had no idea what this is about. I'm a huge fan now, like I'm subscribing, this is so fun. Right. And that's really good. And then the ones that don't like it, they just leave so they don't tell you they hated it. Yeah. You, know, way. So you always yeah. leave feeling good, which is important. You know, it's a bit more. It's a bit more of an emotional ride when someone's listening to a podcast live because instead yeah. of just switching it off in the car, you physically see them leave. Yes. So yeah. That's it, it. And it's definitely more of a reality check for sure. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. And you know, you're finding time to do this while you're on a busy schedule of performing. I understand because you know we've we've been we've been talking and you've been pretty busy. Yeah. With the actual gigs. Yeah, it's surprising uh, when they came back. They came back pretty hot and heavy, um, you know. But it's weird. Like I still, uh, I still open my phone some days, and uh, you know, there's not much going on. And then it's like one of those things when it rains, it pours, right? I feel like I'm, I'm swamped, and then I got a week of nothing. But um, like, like you know, anyone who, who uh, makes you know content online at all, as uh, as you guys well know, like when you see that schedule open up for like, oh, I got no shows this week or whatever you immediately fill it with as many possible videos as you can make, right? Yep. So I just stress myself out no matter what I'm doing. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I got no shows. So then I make a list of all the videos I'm going to film. And next thing you know, I'm like, oh, I'm too busy this week. <laughs> so it's hard to say. First world problems. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, that's where I live. So that's I'm curious like, oh. of your market when you're working. What are you doing? You, you doing like college shows, mm. corporate, what's you know, restaurants, what's your gigs? So my life is exactly an even split between colleges, mm -hmm. corporate, and my own uh, small theaters or comedy club shows. Nice. It's almost oh, nice. a perfect split. So right now, there's no uh, colleges for me. That's like a September, October, January, right. February type thing. Uh, corporates are sporadic throughout the year. And then obviously Christmas, they're, they're, they flood. And then I, I just sort of squeeze in my live shows, uh, you know, the, to these uh, theaters whenever I feel like there's the right, uh, either the right comedy festival or just I'm like, oh, wow, I should definitely do a show in wherever. You'll <laughs> take it upon yourself to book a theater where yeah. you see fit. Yeah, and Man. honestly, I can't recommend it highly enough for people like, I'm like, just if you something out there that you're like, oh, man, I really wish I could get booked there. I mean, look, this is music to my ears. I mean, Ooh. first of all, you talk about this podcast you do live and yeah. then mm. you're saying, me just go book a theater as I developed a following or maybe I have a chance to say, Hey, following, I'm going to be here. If you want to see me as well, opposed to saying, yeah. can I go to your, you know, doing it the other way? You know what, I, you know what I've noticed, and this is a bit of a risk, but when you're going to go and um, like, say you like, Oh, I want to play this venue or something or this, comedy club or this festival why won't they book me they're only going to book you if you're going to have a draw of some kind anyways right, right. and then you might convince them to book you you go there if you don't have any kind of draw then they're going to be annoyed they book you because they'll be like wow the show didn't sell well right you know I mean? so right. the only way they end up happy is if the show sells well based on you and if that happens you're going to make way less money than if you just rented it yourself and did it the result right. is kind of the same like if you can't yeah then you know, and this way, if you can't fill the seats, but you did it yourself, no mm -hmm. one's mad at you. <laughs> you just walk Are home. you in like a four wall That's situation right. usually then? Yeah. So I do a four wall situation or I have some, you know, like I, cause I, that was at the beginning. I have more relationships with more venues now and they know the kind of turnout. 
So a lot of times we can make a good guess at what they'll make off the bar or whatever. And, and my audience tends to be a very drinky audience. Nice. So, uh, I can always be like, Hey, I can, I know I can put 200 people in this room, uh, you know, on whatever was that good. And they're like, yeah, as long as we get the bar, you can have the spot. And then we kind of do these deals. Um, but they're, they're case by case for sure. Nice. Uh, it's so clever too, especially if you know you're doing a gig and then you book the, the comedy club or the bar, or the venue on the side. If, yeah, if you can, then for sure. If you can, if you can like layer it like that, that's that's mm. perfect. But I've taken some baths, man. Like I, I went and uh, did the comedy festival in New Zealand one time, and they booked me for like eleven shows in the New Zealand comedy festival. I did like Wellington and Auckland, and Ooh. like, <laughs> and like the I, I was like a late addition to the comedy fest, and the all they had was like the this like three hundred seater, uh, and and then like they're like, yeah, you know, you're gonna have to make sure you can cover this many seats a night, kind of blah blah blah, and boy. I think I made about eleven dollars on that trip. It didn't cost me anything. Eleven uh, uh, US? Yeah, no, 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 no. Eleven New Zealand dollars, whatever. Oh, they yeah, eleven wow. New Zealand pesos, I believe they're called. That's a rough. <laughs> that's a rough reality check, right? Mm. Well, I, I, I'm addicted to traveling uh, almost as much as I'm addicted to magic and comedy. Yeah. So, if I can go to New Zealand for fourteen days and come back with eleven dollars in my pocket. I'm like, wow, that's a huge win because normally, I mean, I've spent worse than that, you know. So it's yeah, that's that's true. It's a free trip, right? It's a free yeah, trip. You got, I think you yeah, eleven. I mean, eleven New Zealand dollars might convert to you owing money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you know, that's that's a great trip. And, you know, that's the best thing I think about magic is like when you travel for work, even if it's not a big paying event, like it's still a free trip, which is pretty dope. Well, you know, I had one, uh, my biggest night uh, that was supposed to be, I had one, it was like, every, the shows were every day of the week when I went there, and uh, my big show was going to be in Auckland, I had one Saturday show, and I was like, you know what, if there's mm. ever a night I'm going to sell, it's going to be this night, and that was my lowest attendance ever, I had eight <laughs> people in the audience, and you know why I had eight people? Because in the venue that my, my built, there's a small venue that I was attached to, and there's a massive venue, right? And I'm attached to like the little little theater, little black box kind of theater, whatever. And there's mm. a massive venue there, and Jim Jeffries is playing. And no oh, one in that part of the world than Jim Jeffries. And he was uh, sold out. So I go to the bar after at uh, the classic. Uh, all the performers were there. And he walks in. He's like, who's Wes Barker? And I'm like, me. And he's like, uh, you didn't have anyone in your show tonight, did you? I'm like, no, sir. And he's like, oh, that's definitely on my bad. I'm going to cover your tab tonight. So he bought my drinks for the whole night because he felt bad. Shit. Wow. Sucked. Now, when you have a monster comedian playing at the same time as you, uh, yeah, you're not going to fill your venue at all. So it was a pretty bad night. But, uh, you know, I got to meet Jim Jeffries. I guess it's cool. <laughs> yeah. And he gave you the 11 bucks. Yeah, he gave me the 11 bucks. That's where I got it from. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Hey, we got a couple of questions from our friends in the, in the live chat. Um, you know, first of all, and Tony is asking, how long have you done magic for? I bet you've never been asked that. So yeah, let's no, for sure. settle that now. <laughs> when will you stop is normally the question I get. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I started when I was 19, so that would be 17 years ago. Um, yeah, I started when I was 19. I had a really boring day job, and I thought, like, I'll learn some card tricks to pick up girls at the bar. What's which, the inspiration hmm. for that moment? David uh, Blaine? David Blaine, yep. David yep. Blaine on one of his TV specials I was watching and I was like, this seems like I was watching him do card magic and I know that I wasn't amazed, but for some reason, I mean, I knew it wasn't magic. Right. So I was like, well, this seems like something you could learn. It's just a deck of cards. Right. You know? I'm like, right, right, right. It can't be harder than learning to play the guitar say. Right. So I was like, 
I, I bet I can learn this. And I just next day at work, I drove my truck to the bookstore and I went to the hobby section. They had six books on magic. I bought them all. And you know, one of them happened to be this one right here that I still have. And, uh, and, uh, there's a hobby started and that's the, that's the one right there. So. Damn. Was that a teaching book by David Blaine or is it just a, like a biography? It's kind of a biography, but there's like 15 tricks in there, sort of okay. random little card tricks and things. Yeah. So, right. and, and I don't know. I see that. I'm like, wow, look at this. You can learn this random magic in there. And I was like, I can, I can do this. And then of course, right around that time, it was like YouTube was starting to happen. You could look up, it wasn't as good as it is now for as a resource, but it was happening. And then I found yeah. out about penguin magic and I started buying you know, random mm. downloads. Yeah. And, that, that was right at the cusp. Yeah. I, I would spend thousands of dollars a year for the first like five years I was into it, just dumping money, all of my money. Required. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You got to pay like the tuition, right? Oh it's yeah. Like magic tuition. <laughs> and some of it you look at and you go like the, oh, those bastards. I still do it, it, man. I, on the weekly I'm buying it, you know, yeah. piling up over here. I know. As soon as I just, yeah. As soon as I discovered theory 11, my money was gone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, like you start, you eventually you, you go to do a show and, and then you end up pulling out, you know, the stuff that you learned years ago and all this new stuff just sits there and you go, oh man, like, I don't know. Yeah, part of it is like maybe, maybe we should just do what we know for a little bit. I don't know. It feels weird sometimes. I feel like I'm wasting my money knowing that uh, there is, there's already better stuff in this office that I'm even capable of performing, but I still buy the next thing instead of working on this. You stuff. know, there's other hobbies <laughs> that are equally costly. I treat, I treat magic play like a hobby and then magic work like work. You know, you got your 10 tricks mm. as a pro, right? Like You're doing that, that those 10 and then you can play as a hobby. You just, I do a thousand card tricks that a layman will never see. I, I think that's actually really good. I'm going to look at it that way. I like that a lot. That's smart. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> now, Wes, you also have your own line of playing cards. Yeah, and, yeah uh, speaking of cards. Yeah, Ticket T was asking, is there any plans on a V2 for the well, second you know, cards? Uh, th this whole thing happened accidentally as, uh, you know, just trolling Chris Ramsey, right? Because, like, <laughs> what, what are friends for? And uh, and I then I realized, wow, I really do like having my own cards. <laughs> yeah. And you kind of get like, wow, these are, you know, you just start liking them better than any other card. Um, I don't, I mean, I'm sure I eventually will do another deck, but it won't be for a while, like a couple years for sure. I don't want to be a person that starts what? releasing cards regularly because I'm not, uh, I'm not much of a card ninja. I mean, obviously I perform uh, card magic all the time, but like nothing that's going to impress any of our fellow magician friends. So, uh, I, I don't want to get in the habit of selling cards just for the sake of trying to sell cards. Um, next one I do though won't be a direct parody of Chris like this one is. It'll it'll have a few more hidden gems. There are a couple things I've always wanted to see in a deck of cards I've never seen. So the next one I do definitely will have a few of these little beautiful things. But this one, I'm just like, I just want to do a straight parody on Chris. Oh, it was great. It was and, great. We all appreciated it. I was, I was quick. I was... Many things I hope to learn from you tonight. Can you speak a little more about producing your own deck of cards? Uh, uh, like how, what would be a good route to take for someone oh. interested in doing these things? I have the answer. Uh, oh. It is literally become best friends with Chris Ramsey. Oh, oh great. He takes care of all of it. He literally says, oh, that's your idea. Let me handle that for you. I know all the people <laughs> you send zero emails, you make zero phone calls and then mm. you go in the back door uh, to play and do all the dealing. So yeah, just do that. Become best. Friends. Sounds easy. 
Well, we're slowly doing that. We're climbing the ladder. We've had Alex Boyer on, Eric yeah. Claire, <laughs> Wes Barker, and now we can design our own cards. Yeah, no, you're almost Surely. there. Sure. Yeah, I wish I had better information, but without Chris, I never would have done it. I wouldn't have known how many to print, who to call, what to do. I mean, literally, I sat with his uh, merch guys in their in their warehouse, and they sat with me, the computer open, and they helped me log in all the stuff. Like, right down to the last keystroke, they were there for me. So, I'm not... Do you, do you have any guys, Wes? Do you have, like, guys... No, no, guys. Yeah, me either. You know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not there yet. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I, one thing I, would, I I do envy Chris for this though. Like, there's a lot of people at his level of of uh, YouTube, social media, and whatnot, where it's a full on industry company. They're they're making crazy money, whatever. And a lot of people we see don't really have guys, or they have one guy. Chris has like seven people that work for him. That's crazy. And not that he necessarily needs all those people. I mean, they're all working. They all got stuff to do. But more than anything, Chris likes to give people jobs, right? He employs like all of his mm. friends basically that uh, didn't like the jobs they had. And Chris is like, come work for me, even though they're not even in our industry. Yeah. Uh, he's like, you can learn it, but you don't have to work that job that you didn't like. Right. And that's such a, I would, I would kill, I want to get that, like, I want that so bad. That seems like the mm. great thing to give anybody being like, oh, you don't like where you work? Hey, come work with me. We'll have a good time. That's cool. You're going to get paid well. Yeah. And that's like, man, if you're ever going to do anything, if you ever make a little bit of money, that seems like the coolest thing to do, in my opinion. I no, I, I hope that I get an effort. I've made efforts to share where I can. I certainly hope I get an effort to share more of whatever success I have moving forward. I think it's important to give back. So, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, even with this podcast, yeah, it's only a tiny thing, but we were able to to uh, not employ, but have someone like make the chapter markers of the episode and like you know oh, create good. the short form and and stuff like that, but. And how, you know, speaking of which, how do you operate your your podcast? You know, it's a bit of a machine as well. I was gonna say you guys are doing a really great thing. Like you're basically doing charity work, giving Alex Boyer a spot to come and talk. So like, uh, <laughs> you should write that off on your taxes under charity donation. Uh, the joy he was though, for real. I'm a fan. I'm a Boyer fan. Have been for a couple of years. Uh, that guy's a beauty. I know. I just, funny. Uh, I just don't want him to know he's a beauty, you know. I know you got. He's got so much going for him. You guys got to tone it down, right? Because exactly. he's so, he's really a rock star. Every right? day I look in the mirror, I'm like, I think I lost another hair, and then I yeah, you're like, wow, five more. So I know, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry, what was your question, Josh? I totally derailed that. Uh, oh no, the question was uh, from Tigger. Can we please have Chris's number? I feel yeah. like I need to befriend yes. Yeah, that yeah, seems like an easy release cards. Yeah, that seems no, like an easy uh, one to answer. It's number one. It's called first. Yeah, there we go. Hey, hey, yo. All right. That was nice. That was nice. No, the, the, the question was, uh, I'm just interested in your your machine of your podcast. You know, we do it live so that there's no editing required and stuff. But you're, yeah. you know, producing it with multi-cameras and... Yeah, it's gone through many iterations. Um, so for a while there, we were filming it just on one camera. I mean, we started in the pandemic over Zoom like everybody else, which was fine. I was editing everything. Then I was living next door to Chris. We started doing it live in my office next door to him on one camera. And then once we realized we liked doing it and that the audience was growing, he built a full-on studio into his studio already. Just cleared out the side and said, let's go. I mean, you, <laughs> As if you, you, do. Ever, if you haven't looked at that, if you, if you just listened or you've never even seen it, go and watch on YouTube. It's a beautiful set. Like, it's amazing. And, um, and then we had three cameras there and we were editing those. And then he has a, a guy that like edits his gaming channel. Wow. His channel doesn't have like a ton to do. So he's like, oh, hey, Artie, how about you stick around with us 
and we'll get you a live switcher. So now Artie's like live switching. He's like looking up stuff for us, throwing it on the on the TV, and it's like ah. Uh, so you don't even have to. Yeah. So you don't even have to edit it. It's it's being live switched in the moment anyway. Exactly. So he basically has like he just has to add the intro, outro, you know, and, and a few other little things maybe. So his edits now are pretty streamlined. So the there we go. Uh, can go up pretty quick now, which is really is, cool. is this the most recent adaptation of the? Um, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. That's the new. That's the newest oh. version. Check it out, Doug. That's that's yeah. what we need to uh, build up to. Yeah. No doubt. So yeah, if you were to do, if you were to look at our podcast monetarily, I'd say we're. And I was to add in all Chris's sacrifices there. I'd say we're still about negative fifteen thousand uh, dollars. <laughs> Good. He, he just like keeps. Uh, he's like, no, we got to have the best. And like, yeah, yeah. I've I've seen in his other videos like he does that. He built the background cool enough that he can still use it for um, uh, different stuff he's doing and and promo shots and stuff it did add a little cool spot his his thing but uh yeah definitely not a money-making podcast yet that's for sure <laughs> hey you know you can't start it out with the intent of that can you honestly it just it's one of my i wish i had a podcast with alex and with eric leclerc because uh I, I make a point to see chris like two three times a month now because we have a podcast together mm. and i don't get to see alex or eric ever even though they're also my best friends but if we had a podcast, I would. So I think that's just the best move. Even if you don't make any money, at least it gives me a reason to go see Chris. I got to yeah. tell my wife, nope, it's in the schedule. Got to do the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about this for a moment. I have heard that YouTube is is putting a little more importance on podcasts and probably in particular video-centric podcasts. Yeah? Would you feel like this is a thing? Yeah. I, YouTube, uh, I think YouTube is pushing podcasts a little bit because of just how long they are. And YouTube mm -hmm. loves long format. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I mean, when I first started YouTube, it was short as possible, be as short as possible. And then right, was, I remember that. And then it sort of it sort of started to grow, and then it feel like it shrank back down. And then it was like, oh, your podcast has to be like eight to twelve minutes all of a sudden. And then it turned oh. twelve to fifteen. Then it turned into twenty five minutes. It's like YouTube has decided that like they understand. I mean, although they're pushing shorts at the whole other conversation, they do understand that they are the spot for long form stuff. So they've kind of leaned into that in a way where it's like, yeah. let's make it long. And even on Spotify now, you can put video, your video podcast on. Oh, Spotify. yeah, right. Mm, Are you doing it. that as well? And when, as soon as we uploaded our video podcast to Spotify, our our views on the uh, on the audio download side doubled. Yeah. Can, okay, can anyone add their video or do you have to Anybody. qualify? Really? Yeah. I, th I would assume so. I mean, they let us in and we, our numbers weren't crazy when I started doing it. So I... Maybe they've changed it now, but at the time it was anybody. So we just. Mm. Hey, if we can do it, then this episode, hopefully, we'll, you'll be watching in video form. Yeah, Spotify. you should. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. No, and I, I'm sorry. I'm just realizing now I didn't set up my mic. I should have set up my mic for you guys. I'm giving you just my random computer audio and I feel bad all of a sudden. Uh, oh, that's look. We that's, pretty much you know, phoned it in, so mediocrity is good here. We don't want to push the bar too hard. So sorry, though. I decided, like, why didn't oh, I do that? I forgot this wasn't just. A you sound great. I've been doing virtual shows for the last uh, week. I thought they were all done, and I had four last oh. week, and they were, almost killed me. So, uh, what does that look like when we see a Wes Barker virtual show? Do you have a studio for that? A little setup? No, this is the setup basically. Is I, it, huh? I, all right, raise everything up. Yeah. Um, so I'm standing. I like to perform standing regardless. I get I'm it. Push it back a little nice. bit. There's more junk on the walls, like stuff I'm going to be using in the show. But it's basically this. And uh, okay. And so like uh, the one I, camera show. Yeah. I, I, you know, before I had two cameras and I was doing some close up stuff. And then I realized I am just so much better giving you um, a more of a version of my real live show 
over video. Um, yeah. Big part of my live show is is the stand up I do and the stories I tell. Right. And uh, in virtual, I, I pushed away from that. I started doing like adding effects and all this stuff to cameras, mm. the magic. And then I was like, I'm not good at this. They um, want to see Wes Barker. They want to hear you and look yeah. at your face, right? Yeah. They don't care. It was. Yeah. And I was I like, was, I wasn't yeah, enjoying was, it, I guess. I wasn't enjoying it. So I said, even if they were liking it, I'm like, forget this. I'm going to do the thing I like to do. So then I started doing that again. Yeah. Unless you have a team of seven guys like Chris, like <laughs> worrying about the live switching for you, it can be, I'm sure it can be a mess. And I think, you know, there's two, when, when um, I was watching a few of the Vanishing Inc. Zoom uh, performances and behind the scenes, there was like two schools of thinking, like Justin Willman came on and was like, you know, it's all about the production. And he had like the three different cameras and the graphics and the intros. But then, and he would run it himself. But then Ben Seidman did one the following week and he's like, no, it should be one camera because then they know there's no edits. You're not grabbing stuff while it's cutting away. It's like all just raw and just you. Yeah. I mean, and so it's like, yeah, who's right? You know, I guess it's just whatever you, you like. Like Justin's yeah. used to TV. So he for him, like it has to feel like TV, I imagine. It's definitely, uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely whatever you're more comfortable with. Like when I do my mm. live shows, there's zero um, lighting changes. There's zero music in it. There's just it's no very, music, huh? I got nothing. I, yeah, I really, I really started out. I didn't know any magicians when I started doing magic. I didn't meet any magicians until I was like three or four years into magic. All I knew what a bonus, what a benefit. <laughs> all I knew were comedians, and I would mm. and I would just go to the open mics to do comedy, but I just do magic instead of comedy yeah. or both. So you're and just was, working out of your pocket. You're doing card tricks or yeah. what? Yeah, car tricks. I'd, I'd bring up like you know, like a, a shoulder bag. Sometimes I want to do something a little bit bigger, and uh, and I, I just had no experience with knowing any magicians, so I didn't really even understand you were supposed to have lighting and music and make it all. I had never seen a, a magic show other than watching street magic. I didn't know what theater show. I mean, even now, if you wanted to watch, like if you want to watch a stand up comedy special, easy to do. You can watch a thousand mm. today. If you want to watch a magician performing live on stage in the same way you'd see a stand-up show or how you'd go to a show, you cannot do it. There's like three places you can do it. You can watch like a, an old Harry Anderson comedy special. You can maybe watch uh, – I know Justin Woman did like a, a sleight of mouth one on Comedy Central one time that was mm. sort of a mix. I put two on YouTube before, and both of those have gone hundreds of thousands and one millions of views. And I think because there's nowhere else to see it. Mm. So and because you had a, a naked woman. Yeah, I recommend that Harry Anderson special all the time. Oh. It's still on YouTube. I I love pe people sending people there. That that special changed my life. You talk about seeing David Blaine. I saw that special when I was seventeen. I think you know. Whoa. Well, I'll tell you straight up, and I know this for a fact. Uh, there's no choice. One of these streaming platforms is going to get smart. They're going to contact twenty magicians, and they're going to do a deal. And we're going to see 20 magic specials go up on one of these streaming platforms. I know for a fact, and I'm pitching mm. it every time I get a chance, every time I get the ear of anyone slightly influential, uh, I pitch it. I soft pitch it all the time. And I, I get a lot of like, oh, all right. They, they, they're not thinking about it. They think about magic shows, okay. I'm like, you see the success of comedy mm. specials. I promise you magicians have uh, have at least that to offer. Yeah. I know we're, we're a little bit behind in, in as far as – Comedy's a little bit ahead of magic as far as the way you there's know. good guys out there ready to be sh to shine. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. A lot of guys will say no because they don't want to have to turn over their material like that. 
uh, because you probably can't do all the same show after you put it on. Yeah, but not really. Mm. Not really, exactly. Yeah. I think I think it's ready. I think it's going to happen soon. Uh, and I'm going to be, I'm like I said, I'm shouting it every chance I get at anyone that I think has a slight influence. I'm like, hey, I got an idea for you. You want to mm. make a lot of money? I got a good plan. So until then, we just put it up on YouTube. Man, and what a great benefit that could be to Magic to get a broad showcase of a lot of great acts. Not wonder, just a minute yeah. on Fulas where tricksters are showcasing their eye poppers or whatever, but literal theatrical experiences. Man. I wonder if, because it's magic, I wonder if Disney would be the, the platform to step up. Because oh. over here, Disney Plus has Derek Delgadio's in and of itself on the right. platform. And they also have um, Hamilton, the play. So, right. you know, I could see them having having uh, magic theater shows. Well, I'm going to send some emails tomorrow. I'm going to do what I got to do. I'm going to send some nudes. I mean, whatever <laughs> speaking of Speaking of nudes... Scotty P asks, uh, your your penis drawing routine is hilarious. Has it ever gone wrong in a funny way? So maybe explain what the penis drawing routine is. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, my, my my dick drawing routine. I like dick drawing because the alliteration. Uh, it's uh, basically... Um, <laughs> Let's not soften this. No pun intended. <laughs> I guess we're talking about it. It's it's uh it's the hardest routine. Um, <laughs> the uh, It's basically, you know, sneak thief. Uh, you bring up some audience members and uh, you get them to draw uh, and you got to decide who drew what and you can do all your BS about body language and uh, or, or reading their tells or any kind, any pre presentation you want. And I've changed it over time, but basically they all draw a dick and I assign, I decide who drew which dick out of, out of the people up there. And I always make sure to bring up um, five people. I bring up two couples and one random person. And I tell you, I don't even need the markings. That's uh, <laughs> when you get them to draw dicks. It, I, I swear, I swear, and someone can test. He's doing cold readings. You could cold read this all day. The jokes <laughs> are are miles long, uh, sometimes inches long, and it is it is gold. It, it cannot go wrong in a hilarious way because the whole thing's always hilarious all the time. Yeah. I've had people draw. I've had couples all the time. The guy draws the dick he wished he had, and <laughs> and and the girl draws the dick she wished she had. And they're never the same. <laughs> I was going to say, is there is there a noticeable difference every time between the female dick drawing and the male dick drawing? Sometimes they're identical, and that is also funny. And sometimes wow. hers is just uh, the same but closer. I don't know. Uh, it's or from a different <laughs> angle. A, a, a different P, point of view. How is Scotty P aware of this routine, and I am not? Where would I go uh, educate I, myself to this? Experience. I posted it on YouTube and it's it, as like a like a five minute sort of clip and they flagged it and suppressed it and hit it yeah inappropriateness but I, we also buried it in a, a live show our live podcast show Chris and I did it together at the end of uh, of our show we did in um, in Vancouver like a month okay. ago. So that's up on YouTube for anyone to see. Ah, so it's out there. So when YouTube goes tisk tisk, you just you just take it down. You just took it off the platform. No, I left it, but they but they don't they don't suggest it to anybody. They just oh, but it's mm. still there. Yeah, you're yeah. like we can agree to disagree and just yeah, you guys won't promote it. Yeah, exactly. I I, I uh, out of the 400 videos I have on YouTube, YouTube's flagged or uh, or um, banned in certain countries over mm. 50 of my videos. Like, oh, I, really? Oh yeah, I get shit for like the envelope. Yeah, and like I don't know. I, I got onto YouTube when I was when I uh you know I, I, I started very first video ever on YouTube in like 2009. Um so at least 10 years. Damn. 
I've been doing this for real. Yeah, uh, right. You know, eight, seven, eight years seriously, but you know, it's been a while. But even back then, seven, eight years ago, um, YouTube was very open to, hey, this is a, this is not cable TV. Do yeah. what you want. This is a put whatever you want out there. We don't have we don't wow. have corporate advertisers yet. Exactly. And then as soon yeah. as the ad money started coming in, it started speaking for the platform, which yeah. I mean, obviously that was going to happen. Yeah. So uh, it, they started putting in restrictions and my stuff started getting flagged and some of it crazy. Like it's all over the map what they decide to flag, but uh, I don't care. I just keep putting on what it's I like. Good to know, it's good to know you can, you can say I don't care and exist and, and it's okay. Cause I'm, I'm extra cautious and mm -hmm. I've grown an audience probably that's a little less mature than I am. And I am reserved on the platform for that reason. Right? Like I could get, I could let my free, freak flag fly a lot more than I do, which is seldom. But yeah. nice to know that if I decide to do that, it's not going to be super problematic. Well, there's a business side of this too, right? We're like, yeah. if you, if, if you want it, it's better business to feed them what they're interested in, what they yep. want, which I, I've never been that interested in. Mm, I get it. So like Chris Ramsey is my best friend for a reason. His sense of humor is as twisted as me. Right. But if you look at the content he'll put out there, aside from our podcast on his main channel, it's very um, down the middle. Like he's just like, mm. he's going to give you beautiful magic and puzzles all day long. And uh, I won't say anything wrong or any bad words. Yeah. Uh, and he still finds a way to be charming and funny, just like you, Doug. And it's, it's great. And his CPM would be triple what mine would be. Mm. Right? And, and, and that is smart mm. business. There's a reason. Yeah. That uh, that I was living in Chris's house and paying him rent for a while. Like, uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, there's no mystery here. So I think it's. Uh, Would you say you guys learned a lot from each other through the years? Because you did come up at the same time, really. Chris had the, uh, you know, there's there's fortune I, favors the prepared. He's had a lot of the fortune, but I, you know, when I first met Chris. Uh, it's so funny. He was on a podcast the other day and all he did was talk about me and I'm on this podcast. All I'm doing talking about him. And I think it's great because when I first <laughs> met Chris, we met on, on wizard wars, but we didn't really get a chance to like connect too much. Interesting. And then, and then like months later, it was the, uh, some magic festival in Quebec. Um, and did you guys uh, team up on wizard wars. Were you, uh, we were, we, well, I was, I was, I was teamed up with uh, Matt Johnson. Matt and, uh, ah. I remember who he oh, he's an escape artist. Yeah. 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 Because we because we live geographically closest together, we were living in Vancouver together. So, uh, uh, yeah, Canadians was, versus uh, yeah. yada yada. Okay. So then, the time Chris and I meet up in Quebec City for this magic festival, we start to sit down and actually have drinks together and get to know each other a bit better. And his my YouTube was at eighty thousand subscribers, and his was at thirty thousand subscribers. And he's like, like, "Wow, how do I be you on YouTube?" And I was like, <laughs> "Well, listen here, son," and I was giving him all this advice. Um, and we did a collab. I put him on my channel with this with this trick. And I back then collabs weren't really a thing. Like they were not popular. It wasn't like a given idea. And I was even stressed with the idea of having someone else on my channel. Like a collab was just mm. yeah. I liked it so much. We did it anyways. And he slowly and surely um, started paying attention to how YouTube works. And I was just ignoring it, doing my live gigs. And uh, and then he went rocketing by me, obviously. But uh, we, but I, he learned a lot from me early on there. And I do nothing but learn from him since then about uh, about about this kind of thing. And doing our podcast, learn from each other. Him doing the live shows, he doesn't have a lot of experience doing live shows. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of, of, of close-up gigs, but not a lot of stage stuff. Right. So I, years ago, I had him open for me on stage a few times. 
and he's a very he's a natural. I mean, no, yeah. probably no surprise to anybody. But um, but yeah, I mean, he's, I'm definitely teaching him that art form, and he's teaching me this art form. And I mean, he's the one who's like, get a better camera. Let me show you how to work it. This is how you you know use Photoshop or whatever, right? So mm. yeah, we definitely try and trade off. But that's the thing. That's the best thing about having friends that inspire you, and you can learn from them. I mean, that's just so. Weird. Can I learn from you a little here? And I, this is what I did a lot of my day today, as I often do, is learn about YouTube. I spent a couple hours in Daryl Eves' new book, The YouTube Formula, learning from this genius. So yeah, I know I need good thumbnails. I know I need better titles. And uh, what's another thing that's important? Good content. Okay. Let's say I get the big three. Now, what do I need? Like, what's a, what's a bit of advice I don't know? Well, you need, a puzzle. You right you need a puzzle, Doug. <laughs> a puzzle. <laughs> I can tell you straight away, uh, the thumbnail thing, I wouldn't worry about it too much. I mean, oh. like it, it used to be the most important thing, yeah. but, but we are slowly, I mean, and still it's very, 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 very important. Sure. But I wouldn't be surprised if in the near future, thumbnails are almost gone. Mm. It's because like of the, the preview, content. like the preview video that shows up. I think it's going to be more like, yeah, preview video instead of, yeah. like, it's going to sort of shift mm. that way because every other platform seems to operate that way. Uh, so it's going to mean less. Mm. That time. makes sense. That's my guess. But uh, I, honestly, if you have the, the right now, if you have the thumbnail and the right title, uh, you, you don't need anything else. Uh, even the content has to be good. Sure. Because the longer you can drag people on, the more YouTube goes, this video is working and it'll help suggest other videos. Um, but even consistency has gone out the door. Like, you know, when, uh, when guys like Casey Neistat were popping off, uh, doing daily videos was the way to make sure you made it. Like, mm. and, then, and then it turned into like, we'll do a couple videos a week, three videos a week, two, three videos a week. And now you see all these major channels scaling back to one video a week, one video a month. Right. The book I referenced, the guy talks about people do it differently. Some guys do one a week. Some guys do mm. one a month. It works. I mean, ways. they want, they want, YouTube wants bangers. They want yeah. bangers. They want you, good content. You Mr. Beast, Mr. Beast said it as well. He's like, you're better off making one great video instead of 10 mediocre videos that will get, you know, the same amount of that one video views. Yeah. So, it, and, and exactly, it used to be uh, completely the opposite. It was, it was uh, quantity over quality. Right. And uh, I, I was never that guy. And then sort of because watching Chris and stuff, he was doing three uploads a week and I was like, I got to get on this train. So I uploaded like three, just sort of mediocre ass videos or, you know, two video, one video a week or, you know, three, four a month. And I was trying to, I was trying to keep up and uh, it wasn't the way to go. Cause right now as it sits every four or five months, I'll drop a video that'll get millions of views. Mm. And the rest of the time I'm getting five or 6,000 views, 10,000 views. Right. And I'm like, if I just ignored, if I just ignored all those mm. and tried for every two or three months to drop off a banger and put all my energy into that, I would be better off for sure. Do you feel, yeah. you know, like, do you know when you're working on something that's mediocre or, or do you do? Do you always feel like this is going to be fun? this is a good one? Or do you know I, when you're phoning it in, kind of? I'm not 100, percent but yeah. to like a to like a 50 percent, like uh, yeah, I, I'd say about half the time I can predict it for sure. Maybe even more. Maybe like 80. Yeah. percent I know when I have something that's really good. I know mm -hmm. I've been wrong a couple times, and it really blew my mind. Like I made a catapult to shoot hamburgers over my house, and I thought that one was gonna was good. Sounds pretty good. It took me weeks to make. Yeah. The video is perfect and yeah. it died at like 15,000 views. But I did another video about like uh, convincing strangers to kick me in the balls. And I knew that was going to do millions of views. And it did. Yeah. 
You know, so like I do know sometimes. What's the title on that video? Forcing people to kick me in the balls. <laughs> for, million, for millions of views. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, you, you said before that your originally your YouTube channel was 80,000 and Chris's was 30,000. Yeah. You literally just described my relationship with Jason Ma because <laughs> for those watching, I introduced him to TikTok and I had like 8,000 views. It was just uh, uh, followers and it was the same conversation. Wow. It was like, oh man, how do I do that? And then we filmed like one video of him doing whips and he's like, hey bro, it's up to, you know, it's up to 20,000 views. And I was like, oh damn. He's like, yeah, I got like 5,000 followers. And then you know, in two days time, he had just like quadrupled what I had spent the year like building up. And um, yeah, so do you, do you have resentment for Chris as well? Or oh, I hate it. <laughs> is it just me? Oh, or? Personally, <laughs> I hate the Friendship is, is surely for, for business purposes. Uh, no, yeah. well, the thing is, uh, Chris is smart. He watches analytics more than I do. And uh, he's much better at, uh, he's a better photographer's eye. He's a better camera guy. Uh, he's a faster editor. It's a lot of things going for him, and he's always he, trying. He to- spent a lot of time in the trenches too, right? Where he's doing grunt work for illusionists, well, that's building the, the backbone. So, if you look mm. at my channel now, I'm like 380, 390, 400 videos, something like that. Chris had made 300 videos before he ever made a single dollar online. Yeah, there you go. But this is the, this is his tuition. Yeah, he had done so much work. I've just barely. I've been doing it eight years before I ever got to as many videos as he'd made, and I'd yeah. already been making money since video number 30 or something, right? right? So it was very, uh, yeah, he's a guy that, that definitely does the, the work. Yeah, and I read a couple YouTube advice books. They all start with this. Make your first hundred videos because they're going to suck. So what a joy of doing it for mm. someone else. And, <laughs> and plus, they probably had good gear to learn with as well. So he's getting that education also. Well, totally. And I, I mean, I, yeah, it, it's so interesting. I, I just got back from VidCon. in. Uh, oh, man, oh. I want to go. Oh, oh boy. Look, look, if you guys go, you need a guy like a gear guy. I'm your guy. All right, well, Doug. It was. It would have. It was. It was uh, more your crowd than mine. I, oh I, man, I, I'm going next year. I should have planned to go. I've. Uh, I, I've been. Um, I've been slow to. I feel like an old man here, but I've been slow to pick up on TikTok, and I'm talking to an old man. So I don't understand what I'm saying, but like, backwards. But like, I feel like my old man. So short form centric, this whole con. Yeah. You go to the last VidCon, it was all my favorite YouTubers. Okay. And yeah. some TikTok people. And now like completely switched 85% mm. TikTok, maybe 10% YouTubers and 5%. I don't know who they are, but like wow. VidCon is the big convention for YouTubers. Basically. In fact, it's Daryl Eve's convention. The guy, the book I'm reading. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, uh, I think I believe that's correct. I, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I'm not you really sure, it. but, but it, it, it's an amazing place. And I was so inspired and I got so much great advice. Yeah. Uh, not only for YouTube, but for, uh, Facebook, uh, which Facebook's my bigger platform, even than YouTube, you know, really? I, got, I got like 450 or something thousand subscribers on Facebook. And so are you like, putting your money? Mm. Most of my money comes from Facebook. Yeah, hey, same is true for me. Actually, they're paying me more for reels than anyone. A lot yeah. more. And I, and I and I haven't even done any reels. I'm just doing the online or the uh, the long form stuff. But uh, but basically, I got the advice I got the other day was so amazing, and the stuff you know intuitively. But the guy was like, he's like, when you're thinking about Facebook or TikTok, he's like, YouTube's easy because people go like, oh, I want to watch this video, right? And then you go to Facebook or, or or TikTok, where it's like more of a scrolling platform. He's like, every time you make a video and you edit it, imagine 
taking your phone and handing it to a stranger at the bar and saying, watch this. Right. And mm. see how long that they were like, what, like, are they going to watch it? What are they going to do? You know what I mean? It's like a loud bar. Are they even going to yeah. cheer? Right. Where on YouTube, you can get away with being like, Hey everybody, welcome back. Blah, 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 blah. Cause they know why they came, yeah. but you can't, you, if you say, Hey, how's it going on TikTok? Going. Right. Mm. So I was like, Oh, and I knew this intuitively, but I've been, I haven't been thinking about it in the right way. And when he said that, imagine you hand it to a stranger at the bar. I was like, Oh man, I just totally rework the way I think about how yeah, I- you open your TikTok with this, your, your legs are spread and you say, kick me in the balls. <laughs> exactly. That, that's your <laughs> TikTok flagged it right away. They did not want that. Oh, kind yeah, of that, they, yeah, They're not going to uh, encourage that. My, my, my TikTok says account warning underneath every time. Yeah. Wes went there right away. He's like, I got this figured out <laughs> yeah. on the ball video. That's what they want. That's what they want. It's not your fault. Oh man. TikTok is unreasonable sometimes. Oh, for sure. And you know what? Oh, another beautiful thing about uh about VidCon was not a single person, not one person in four days mentioned Instagram. That word wow. was not even said. It wasn't even wow. mentioned. It wasn't on a sign. It wasn't on a, in a panel talk. It was TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. How <laughs> interesting. It blew my not even uttered. It was like Voldemort or something. Well, no do you did. feel like that's an important platform for you? Instagram? Is that? Uh, it, it is when I, yeah. when I, cause I have the blue check and when I do oh, yeah. blue check, mm-hmm. they respond. I talk to like anybody. They're like, Oh, blue check. I'll talk to this guy. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's like a magic right. power. But, I st- uh, I, that's surprising. Uh, uh because for me, they're number two on reels. Like I, you know, when I'm getting uh, monetized from my short form efforts, Instagram is number two, not YouTube, not TikTok by thousand percent. Cause they're stupid. Yeah. yeah. You really I, are. It's just, I, it's literally a thousand percent difference between that, Facebook and you and TikTok. Crazy. Yeah. You know, that's wild. Yeah. No one, uh, yeah, no one, no one mentioned it. I don't know. It was very weird. I, I thought I'm mean, blown away by it. No one yeah. wanted to, uh, no one because the reels they push it hard. I've grown an account there from 2000 to over I'm about to hit 60k all from reels in the Ooh. last 6 months. I mean, I it obviously still has a lot of value, but it just wasn't coming up in conversation at VidCon, but I mean, I yeah. I still if I want to uh, sell <clears throat> something and, and my cards and stuff, but still swipe up to hit the link all that stuff mm. that works really well on on Instagram, but I think it's, yeah, for me, it's a beautiful way to connect with your fans like uh, straight away. Like if there's something that's coming up in the next day or promoting this episode, it's like, that's good. Yeah, it's very time centric. Yeah, I tell people if they want to know where I'm performing or what's up with the podcast or why video is late, be on Instagram. I'm definitely updating that story all the time for sure. Yeah, or for receiving nudes. Like there's just some really great (laughs) instant access ways of of having it, you know? Exactly. Well, when I think long form, I th- long term, I think long form. Like yeah. if I, when I think job security, I think the way I get that in this thing I'm trying to do is get YouTube long form content stable. Yeah. Because, are, are, you, and are you making that switch over there, Doug? Are you doing YouTube more now? I've made an effort to do it for the last year. I've been doing more lives the last six months, just trying to figure it out. Finally kind of got where like, I feel like I want that to be. And I'm still learning to do good long form video, but maybe I get it right in the next year. You know, I'm, I'm trying hard on the daily. I'm rooting for you big time because, uh, it seems like, <laughs> like, uh, I'm all of my friends that have had huge success in YouTube, all my magic friends have had huge success on YouTube. Uh, just stopped doing magic on YouTube. 
You know, Pete McKinnon started doing photography. Oh yeah, mm. puzzles blows up. Uh, Andre Gique switches to uh, right. blows up. Spidey starts doing behavioral analysis a couple months ago, blows up. Uh, so I, mm. I'm like, I, I love magic and I want to see people do well in it, but I don't know why that I, I don't know why. I, I I don't think I'm qualified to blow up mm. beyond magic. So yeah, I'll be around yeah. doing tricks. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just think, what the hell? Look, I think there's a time where guys like me who've been around a while and for the first two decades had a just adjustment period that YouTube is a, a learning resource where our new generation is going to learn. And uh, when I started this thing during the pandemic, I said, I'm not going to teach. And then that's all that everyone says on, they say tutorials, tutorials. So yeah. I started and now mm. I take it as a responsibility that maybe what I'm doing is important work for, uh, and well, I don't want to become a tutorial channel. I don't want that, but I do think it's part of the process. Doug, you have something that no one else does, which is basically like, uh, you have years of experience before yeah. all this shit. Here, here's what I want to be. Here's what I'm the, I'm the guy you go into the magic shop and you talk to the guy at the shop about magic, you know, <laughs> so mm, I might offer it. you a trick to buy. We could talk about a slight. I could, you know, maybe do a trick for you for fun. Yeah. And this is kind of yeah. how I view my and, YouTube. And you can bring up any trick and uh, Doug can pretty much give you the history on it or like what book to go and learn from. You know, This is the thing that there's an old saying with, uh, I mean, I learned it from comedians, but I think it's true with acting and anything. Uh, you're only new once and it, they, they're trying to discourage people from like moving to LA too soon back in the day kind of thing, right? And that's basically what it is. All these people that that have just started learning it and I would have been more of a victim of this if I if I'd learned it closer to the social media era. Um, but you can't help, but you want to put it out there. You want to start mm. putting it out there. But if you already have years of experience and then something like this comes along, when right. it does come around, you're ready for it. So your content is so much better than somebody else just learning and being like, well, I got this one down sort of, I'll do it on the, on the yeah. camera. So it's right. a really good spot to be in where you're at, man. Cause your content is going to be fucking great. Yeah. I'm working hard. We'll get I there. I'm stubborn it. and consistent. <laughs> on, on a side note what i thought was great that i saw you do wes was um you know chris does well with his puzzle solving and you decided instead of doing that you'd like add on to it and make your own puzzles yeah for chris a, to solve like a, that is just you know bring your own unique spin on it to still be at a collab um because yeah. you could have easily just been like hey chris can i have like the last 50 puzzles you're not using anymore and yeah. whatever I'll, there's you know, got to be a lot of online. excess by now oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, and, and i think i might even for some shorts uh take his puzzles and, and see what i could if i can make, mm. make a but instead Look, wes put yeah. them on facebook reels and make that money do that i think i will i think yeah I'll you should cash in on that Chris's office it'll come back and uh oh, it'll pay your house note I you could do yeah, you, you could literally do like a reacting video to Chris's video while you solve totally. the puzzle and like follow along. Really, but but instead you didn't take that low hanging fruit. You made your bloody own, which has got to be so much harder. Making Chris puzzles was a good call. I, I'm going to continue to do one a year as long as he feels like solving puzzles because I, I like making puzzles. I grew up uh, woodworking with my dad. He has a shop at his place that's still there, and I, I, I'm very good at making things. Uh, so like I'm, I'm so happy to do it, and, I, and my brain works like that. Like I love these little 
trying to figure this out is it's definitely a puzzle trying to make a puzzle. Seriously. It's like, Whoa, your brain has to do like back. I have, I, I have to refrain from buying them. I enjoy that as well. As a child, I always, I'd get the logic books and I was a big fan, but now I, I go towards them in the, usually I'm in the bookstore or something like that. I see them and I'm like, no con. Yeah. Your money up. <laughs> oh, Scotty P you're absolutely right. That is my favorite card trick for sure. <laughs> my favorite. That's one. a good point. We should bring out, Antonio was asking, what's your favorite card trick? And yeah, so he nailed it. Yeah. I'm going to guess it's the FU card. Nice. Yeah, yeah definitely. Are uh, you carrying well, around, do you carry around magic when you're not well, performing? I'll tell you, when I made my second cards, the only uh, addition I was going to make to uh, to Chris's deck was he has a blank card in his in his first, right? Pretty common. And I tried to get them to, instead of, of a blank, print a fuck you card, and USPC will not do it. Oh, really? Yeah, they're like, wow. no, you start whatever. You can't have like foul language. I wanted to, I had, a, I had an email drafted of like, of what, what about this? Could get away with. Yeah. And uh, they would probably print that. But I, I didn't want that because the, the trick I do is very specific. Uh, and and I've, I've tested every which way, but they wouldn't do it. So then I, I have to make my own every time. Uh, <sighs> you just but, went with the blank? Uh, I was frantically. Yeah, I blank, but uh, I tell you, man, nothing makes me happier than, uh, than having that blank what i've written fuck you on it doing a double lift putting the fuck you card in their hand setting the deck on you know, it's ambitious card and you're showing it around you're being very cocky and you just wait eventually they want to turn over and look at the bottom and when they turn it over they just see fuck you on the bottom <laughs> that sounds like a good time brings the house down because they feel like they're being all sneaky good oh, i'm gonna check the bottom Never do it with a signed <laughs> card because that's too impossible. They think there's a duplicate or something. They look all. Oh, so it says F you. You put it on the bottom of the deck. Yeah. And then it comes to the top and yeah. they do this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that's so perfect good. moment because they were trying to, they, you know, they were trying to catch you out of something and then they just got burned double. Oh, my God. There's so that's kinda, new worker. That, that kind of makes me think of, um because I'll, I'll, I'll do a part in one of my card routines where. The card is here, yeah. and then I'll go, watch, it'll vanish, and I'll go like this, and I'll very obviously wait. And then they, there'll always be that one person that, that feels your hand, and then you show, you go, you're like, oh, I don't know where yeah. it goes either. But if you had an FU card there, <laughs> that, would be, that would be so funny. The, the, there's um, infinite uses for a fuck you card, and, uh, yeah. and I use it all the time. And <clears throat> Have you read any of Jerry Sadowitz's work? The Never. I, I'm not even familiar with the name. I'm sorry. So Jerry Sadowitz is a creative card man. He's also a very vile stand-up comedian. <laughs> At one point, he combined the two, and he still produces these occasionally very vile magic zines called the crimp, where fuck is every other word. Oh, and I'm God. sure that he was the first to publish a card trick with the words fuck you on a card. But, man, oh. you should look for the crimp magazines. They're epic. I gotta find this stuff. That sounds. Perfect. Oh, it's hilarious! It's got a lot of comics. They're all hand drawn, so it's like eight pages of handwritten comedy. With wow. you know, he's got pictures of Richard Kaufman with a you know, giving a BJ to uh, you know, <laughs> wow. Vernon or whatever. It's. Am I pushing the envelope too far here, Josh? Am I letting my freak flag fly? No, I like it. I like this is what we like, Doug. When we're we're deep into the podcast, the only the the listeners are here. Good art. One time I went to uh, one time I went to Blackpool for the convention, and this guy—I mean, we're all drinking—and this guy corners me. I don't remember his name, some magician, and he—he's like, "Oh, Wes, you're just the guy I wanted to show all this to," and he starts showing me like insane amounts of dick magic. He's <laughs> <Wow. laughs> like, "You're the one that needs to see yeah. this." Well, at one point, at one point, he had his dick out. He was doing a, a strike vanish with his dick. Well, that reminds me of an Eric Leclerc trick I saw oh. recently. 
Come oh on. yeah. If it wasn't for the shape of the dick, I would be like, that's Eric. But I, I've seen a bolt. <laughs> not Eric. But yeah, it was a wild thing. Uh, oh. The good thing we got a family friend. That might have been Sadowitz. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't did know. look him up, and he's this kind of guy. He hunts down anything that's had his uh, creative input, and he gets it stru struck in from YouTube. Like if you put if you put a Jerry Sadowitz card trick on YouTube, he'll yes. have it taken down because it's his creative content. Wow. Okay, I got wow. a real I got a real thought about that. I, I don't know how you guys feel, but like people copy me all the time. People will copy me and send me a DM telling me that they've copied me, which copied me, which blows my mind. I'm like, hey, I copied you. Check it out. Is that yeah, what they do? Like, like, wow, wow, I love this trick so much. I put it in my show. It kills. Here's a link. And I'm like, wow. never wow. sold this. And it's completely mine. Uh, and I just don't care. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm saying, please don't copy me. That's just not as yeah. way to go. But mm. if you do, know that I don't care. Like, I, I just don't. I think it's stupid that you do. Yeah, it, but second best at best, right? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, and honestly, I'm like, if that's the last good idea I ever have, I'm in the wrong career, anyways. So I just sort of carry on. But people are always coming to my defense, and that's another thing. A lot of people will will defend you for you, so you don't really need to. But like, it's so weird to me, and I don't know what to think of it. Like, I, if I look at my copyright thing on YouTube right now, it would be pages long of people taking my shit and reposting it or trying to whatever. Wow. And I let, I just let it ride. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's not. Is it? Is it really hurting your business? Probably not. I just yeah. If anything, I'm not making the money off it. Okay, but I am getting more eyes on me or my material. I don't know. I, I I'm mm. of two minds of it sometimes, but mostly I just don't want the headaches. I don't like to be. I don't like to be upset or stressed as much as possible. Yeah. So I just say yeah. yeah. I'm a fan. Uh, Jason Jason's a great one for that. There's this guy on you on TikTok who literally just debunks how tricks are done. Nice. And when he did it to Jason's a couple of times, Jason comments on the videos like that was hilarious, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the guy was like, "Oh, mad respect to you," and it and it just made him seem cool, like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. And I think when you put yourself out there, you got to take a big grain of salt to go with it, you know, like. Mm. Yeah, and that's just like, like yeah, yeah. And what what, like, what are you trying to like? I, I remember talking to uh, Matt Johnson, escape artist. We're talking about. He's mm -hmm. had a lot of success to his escapes on. Britain's got towns and America's right. got towns and all this. I've seen him. And yeah, 70, 80, 100 million views kind of stuff. And wow. he, he was very reluctant to put his stuff out there on YouTube. And I'm like, there's only two things that ever happened. One, no one sees it, so no one saw it, right? Or two, like everyone sees it, which is the point, you know? So he's like, why well, don't I want people mm. to steal my ideas? No one's going to see it if it's not good. And if it is good, everyone will see it. Like, I, there's no real yeah. middle. There's not a lot of middle ground for for someone else to steal it and somehow make it pop off over here. Like, it's either going to go by itself or not. No one's really going to take this thing and just. I don't know. I'm I'm very weird about. It. I think I don't know. Find that yeah. hard that he's concerned about guys stealing his material. Isn't he usually chained up to some ginormous contraption about to eat him alive? Well, th this was before before yeah. he he went hard into that. This okay. was, I, I remember he brought out like the uh, a great drawing duplication routine and <clears throat> with these envelopes and yeah okay you know, yes, yes it's some yes. good stuff ah jason so jason's on a ship right now he's, he's figured out how to get the wi-fi he's, a, he's saying what's up name, though, apparently he's asking uh show us a nipple that's a great one great heckle <laughs> um, and scotty scotty's asking who's going to make the third cars boyer or eric that's hilarious that's well cool. i am sad jason's not here uh, as much as i give him a hard time i i am i am very sad because uh 
yeah, he would be beauty to have here, but he's not, so he doesn't get to see a nipple. But yeah, the third card thing, I don't know. I keep, I, I know Boyer wants to, but uh, I don't think anyone should. The joke's uh, not going to go as well. Chris will not push it as much. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to sell 11 decks, by all means, go for it. Yeah. Mm. So uh, what, what's coming up for you now? Are you focusing mainly on the podcast or trying to tour your shows more? What's uh, What are you kind of focusing on? Well, I, uh, I just came back from a, a, a conference for uh, my college shows and it uh, went very well. They, uh, I was going to ask, is this how you book yourself? You go to a, like a college showcase? Yeah. So in, in the States, we have NACA. Mm, in yeah. Canada, we have COCA. So and, you're booked uh, in the States too, huh? Yeah. I haven't done much in the States because I need an O-1 visa, which is only valid for three years. The first time I got one was right before COVID and now it just expired. I had the worst I three see. years ever. Oh, that was like <laughs> no fun for that. Yeah. They're expensive. They're expensive too. The O one yeah. visa. Yeah, that I'm was. Sure. Oh yeah, it cost me ten grand to have a visa yeah. used for two and a half years. Um, Oof, ouch! It was, it was rough. So I, I had a whole six months I could have used it. Um, yeah, it was bad. And then uh, so, but anyways, I do the Canadian one. I've been doing the Canadian one um, basically since I became a full time magician almost. So like ten years I've been doing the Canadian one, and uh, I'm really pretty well established in the Canadian market. When I go to these, show, I do a showcase. And uh, every year uh, for the last few years, I've been awarded something like variety. Performing do you theater. change your show yearly? Do you? I, I assume you update it somewhat. So the colleges is good. Like I do update it a bit, uh, not based on their needs, based on my own ideas, mm-hmm. um, because it won't really matter to them because the turnover is so great. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. right. And a lot of the shows they're booking is meant for the first year students. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, right, right. The same one. You could do the same one, yeah, but I get yeah. ideas and it's a good right. place to workshop them. You'll That's never- always got me happy as a performer putting new material on the act. Oh. I don't I couldn't do the same act forever. It'd drive me nuts. It's so good. It, it you get you get uh yeah, it's so it's so fresh when you have something to do. I, I could I could watch the video back and just know that I'm happier. <laughs> and, how, uh, how many how many people are showcasing at this? Uh it'll depend. They'll split up the nights. So they'll be having magicians one night, comedians, speakers, whatever. So you get like uh you know, you watch four or five people a night and then there'll be an afternoon showcase of four or five people. So there'll be all different types of showcases happening, music and comedy and magic. So, yeah, over the over the course of the few days, you might see, you know, 50 showcases. Ooh, what a good time. Wow. Yeah. But like I, I, uh, I've been really lucky with them. And, and, and that's like, uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely something I, I love doing. It's my favorite audiences because, I mean, well, my favorite audiences are the ones that buy tickets to your own show. That's the best. Um, but colleges are kind of like if you did a corporate event, but everyone was really happy to be there. Yeah. Mm. It's a great market for a magician. I yeah. think. Do, you, do you mention, do you find a way to mention your podcast in the shows? No. It seems no. like that's a similar market that would listen yeah. to it. Probably. I never, I never really do. Uh, they, you know, they have enough. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think it would matter. I mean, they, remember they, I asked Josh if he mentioned his socials during the showman shows. You yeah. said no to that as well. Maybe these. I, I try. I try never to sneak any credentials into. <laughs> and you got one of those. Oh shit! Oh, shit. What was the trick? Uh, hey, we're already over time. Do we keep going? Uh, yeah. I did, yeah. I mean, I, did, I was on the first season. They brought it back to the states. So I guess it was season number two overall. And I did a trick with um, a sword and a phone book. Rip a phone book, throw the pages in the air, stab one of the pages with the sword, and uh, it was perfect. Mm. I got to retire that trick right away after because phone books are impossible to find. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> I remember that. That's back when they still had Jonathan Ross as the yeah, host. yeah, exactly. Like, and he was perfect for that. I mean, he's a, he's the guy. One of the originals. It was yeah. beautiful. I loved it. 
But uh, yeah, no, it's been really good. I, I, I don't know. I could talk to you guys for hours about this stuff, man. I, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> well, look, uh, you can find all of Wes's stuff in the description below. It's been an honor having you on here, sir. And we're going to chat to Wes a little bit off air. But for now, um, anything you want to leave the uh, the viewers with, Wes? Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> I'm taking three weeks off in a month to go climb <clears throat> up Kilimanjaro. And uh, oh. that's not a good business choice. But I want to remind people that uh, working isn't everything. You know, I'm going to go spend. I've heard you say repeatedly, and you know, you do what you want. I love that motto. I, and you're apparently doing that as you go climb one of the biggest. Is it the biggest one? It's the biggest one in Africa. I don't know where it stands on the world wow. scale, but yeah. So wow. that's, that's beautiful. That's my advice. Just do 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 other shit too, right? Work hard, but also play hard, as my dad would say. Love it. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys.